Hey everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast, where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking about low and no content labels on food with Lindsay Smith-Taley, a research professor at the UNC Gillings School of Global Public Health Department of Nutrition and a fellow at the Carolina Population Center. When we're talking about these labels that say things like no sugar or low fat or low sodium, it's probably best to start at understanding why these labels are so important for people who are trying to eat healthier. In your most recent publication, you talk about this concept of the halo effect. What is the halo effect and how does that come into play here? So it's the idea that when people think that they're making a healthier choice, or maybe they are making a healthier choice, that they use that as a way to rationalize less healthy behavior. So I think the classic example most people would think about would be someone sitting down with a Diet Coke and then a Big Mac and a large fry. So the thought that, oh, well, I'm drinking this calorie-free soda, therefore, you know, I'm allowed to have the Big Mac and the fry. And this halo effect would obviously influence somebody who's looking at containers for labels like low sugar or no fat. But are these labels actually science or are they just a marketing tool that companies use to sell more products? I think it's really a marketing thing. I mean, if you look at a product like, I think Oreos is a really good example. You have reduced fat Oreos. The fat content in those Oreos is slightly less than regular Oreos. They're still very high in sugar. You aren't really eating a healthy product, but the logo or the label rather is designed to make you think, oh, well, I wanted Oreos. I felt maybe a little bad about getting Oreos, but now that I see that I'm getting the low fat version, I feel okay about going ahead and doing that. So I think it is a way to entice a certain demographic of customers to buy a product they might not otherwise or consume more of that product. So again, with that health halo effect, you might with regular Oreos say, well, Maybe I should only eat one or two, but when you see that they're low fat or sugar-free or whatever, you might choose to eat a little more than that. Recently, you and a team of researchers took a closer look at these labels to see if they actually meant the food is healthier for people to consume. How did you do this and what did you find in that study? Sure. So we used a data set of millions of household food purchases. And so what happens is that people who are enrolled in this study have a handheld scanner. And when they go to the grocery store, they come home and they scan the barcode on every item that they purchase. So we know information about how much they're buying, what they're buying, including the brand name, how much they paid. And then all of that information is linked to information on the nutrition facts panel, which is on the back of the product. So that includes all the nutrients as well as the ingredients. And in this particular case, we also had data on what was on the front of the package, including claims. So because we had those three pieces of information, the nutrition facts panel data, the purchase data, and then also the claims data, we were able to actually look at this association between whether purchases that contained a claim were actually healthier than purchases without. So we found that about a third of beverages contained some kind of low content claim overall, and that this is really driven by low fat claims, especially among dairy products, which I think probably most people would be pretty familiar with. And then about 11% of foods contain some kind of low content claim. So that was our first kind of finding. Probably the main takeaway finding was that there was not really a consistent link between 
having some kind of low content claim and having an overall healthier nutritional profile of the product. So you could have a product that had a low sugar claim that was in fact lower in sugar. You could have a product that had a low sugar claim and actually was higher in sugar than other products within the same category. Or you could have a product that was indeed low in sugar, but then higher in other nutrients like fat or sodium. And so I think that's why this is kind of confusing because the claim is made on one single nutrient. So it's about sugar or it's about fat. But when you think about the healthfulness of a food and whether it's something you should be putting into your body, you really want to consider all the nutrients and the ingredients. So you might get something that's low fat, but if it's really high in sodium, I don't think that's necessarily the healthiest option you could be choosing. So if these labels aren't actually indicating higher quality food, how are they even being placed there to begin with? Who decides what food gets these labels and what doesn't? It's kind of a combination. So the FDA does have regulations about when a company is allowed to use a certain type of label. So in the case of a reduced fat or reduced sugar product, the product has to be a certain amount lower in that nutrient compared to some reference product. And my understanding is that reference product could be just about anything. And it should be within the same category. But so, for example, with like Oreos, that reduced fat Oreo only has to be reduced in fat compared to regular Oreos. That doesn't mean that it's actually a low fat product overall, just that it has slightly less fat than this other product that might be really high in fat. So it's kind of like saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to eat this huge box of cookies, but this is slightly healthier than a box of donuts. So we're going to slap a label on it would be kind of the analogy there. And then with low fat claims, they do have an actual amount that a product is allowed to contain. So I think with saturated fat, they're allowed to have, or maybe it's regular fat, three grams per what they call a reference amount customarily consumed. That's a long way of saying some kind of portion size. But the problem with that is that the portion sizes differ across food products. So it gets really confusing because you can have a low-fat beverage, but that could contain a very different amount of fat than a low-fat pastry, for example. So the problem is less that the companies aren't complying with the regulations. I think that they are. It's just that when consumers are trying to use this information to make a decision, it's confusing. Is this the way that it works in all countries, or is the United States behind on this? So that's a really good question. I would say this is a problem anywhere you have a large processed food supply where people are starting to try to make healthier choices. A lot of countries are now considering some kind of regulatory mechanism to really regulate what's on the front of the package. So putting on some kind of warning label that says, you know, this is a high sugar product or this is an unhealthy product or this is a processed product while simultaneously regulating what kinds of claims companies can make. So some countries are starting to move towards a simpler way to put on the front of the pack, you know, this product is good, this product is bad to try to guide consumers. But I think the key there is that it's done by the government and it's not a voluntary 
industry-led initiative, which is what we often see happening here and, and around the world, when there starts to be talk about putting on some kind of label, the food industry is usually quick to come out with their own version of what that label should be. So in the U.S. a few years ago, we had something called Smart Choices, where it was like a check mark, and you know the companies set their own nutrition standards for what should get this check mark. It's all relative. So when that came out, there was this big controversy because I think Fruit Loops got a check mark, a healthy check mark, and their rationale was, well, eating Fruit Loops for breakfast is healthier than eating donuts, and so you want to avoid that because that's still pretty confusing, and have some kind of consistent label that's mandatory for all companies that removes all of the misleading claims and puts some kind of information on the front of the package that's really easy for consumers to understand. Are there any other solutions that could help solve this problem? Well, in general, I think there are a number of policy options that are under consideration for supporting people making healthier choices. Obviously, taxation is a big one that's getting a lot of attention right now. That doesn't really change people's perceptions of what's healthy and not healthy, but it does influence their choice because now you're potentially putting tax on sugary beverages, for example. People are going to be less likely to choose them because they cost more. So that's one option. Um, Restricting marketing, especially to kids, is another policy option that a lot of countries are really considering. So that would be you know, potentially putting on a front of package label, but also removing things like cartoons, licensed characters, you know, brand characters like your Tony the Tiger, that kind of thing to further kind of dissuade consumers from buying these less healthy products. So going back to your research, what do you really want the consumer to take away from it? What's the one piece of information that you think is important for people to know? Well, I think the important thing is just to do your research and When you see something on the front of the package, just know that that's designed to get you to buy it. And so before you go thinking that some product is really healthy or not, actually pick up the product and and look at it. Our study was focused on low content claims, but there's been this big proliferation of other claims. So gluten-free is a big one, GMO-free, natural. You know, there are all these claims out there that are designed to make you think, oh, this is a healthy product. And so really what you want to do is just pick it up and actually read what's on the back, what's actually inside the product. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Check back to unc.edu next week for another episode of Well Said or subscribe on iTunes or Android.